It was timely of you to choose the song in his time this morning. Because now that it's time for the message, I want to take time to spend some time receiving timely teaching from God's Word about how we use our time. Does anyone not know what I'm going to talk about this morning? It is time you figured that out. Yeah. She's not kidding either. <laughs> so that's the sad part. <laughs> Do you ever think about how you use your time? I'm one of these people that usually toward the end of a day, before I go to bed, I'll give a few thoughts to the day and how I used my time and have a few reflection type questions. You know, what did I do today? that mattered. What did I do today that made a difference in anybody's life other than my own? Did I do anything that'll last? Sometimes I'm a little depressed by the answers I, I come up with. Other times I go to bed thankful for how I was able to use my time that day. The average lifespan is about 80 years. So if you're here this morning and you're 80 years old or older, do you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> because none of you are average. I believe that everyone who attends East Main Street Christian Church is above average. So that means nothing. But the average lifespan is about 80 years, which represents 960 months, or 4,160 weeks, or 29,200 days. Some people pretty much live for the moment. The only time that matters to them is now. And they give little thought to how what they're doing now might impact their future. I know other people who are totally focused on the future. And in doing so, they miss out on some important moments today. I want us to think for a few minutes about how we use our time. And I have a video that I want to show you about how the average American spends their time.
Did you catch the statistic in that video about how much time the average person spends on what they call religious activity? Now remember, there's, in an average lifetime, there's 29,200 days. And they said that the average person in this country will spend 130 days on religious activity. In fact, it was the exact same amount of time that we will spend answering the phone and email. That's only one half of 1% of a lifetime that is focused on the Lord. That may explain why in, in our country in general, we have a lot of what we call casual Christians. People who name Jesus as their Savior, people who may sit in a church on Sunday from time to time, people who may spend some time in God's word or prayer, people who may actually do some act of service in Jesus' name, but those times seem to be the exception rather than the rule. I was listening to an interview with a, a man who is a Christian in a country where Christianity is severely persecuted. And they asked him, said, do you have any casual Christians in your country? And he said, oh no. You can't afford to be a casual Christian where I live because simply naming Christ puts your life at risk every single day. So there's nothing casual about their faith. They're either all in or they're not in at all. So I look to the scripture to see what does it have to say about our time and how we should use it. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16, he said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I wanna start at the end and work my way back in that scripture. According to Paul, the days are evil. Do you agree with that? And what he means by that is that the influence of evil is very present in the world in which we spend our time. And I don't think I have to work too hard to convince you that's true. All you got to do is turn on the news, pick up a paper, get on the internet, and you will discover just how much evil is in our world. Every day we read about acts of terrorism, 
of racism, of domestic violence, of babies being killed through abortion, of people dying from hunger while food is being wasted, of ruthless dictators who are slaughtering their people. And the list goes on and on. The days are evil in which we live. They're under the influence of that which is evil. And how are we as Christians supposed to respond to that? Well, you could just acknowledge that that's the case and try your best to shield yourself from it. You could give in to it with the attitude, if you can't beat them, join them. Or you can do what Paul said in Ephesians 5. You can be careful about how you live. To live wisely by redeeming the time. That's the phrase I want you to get in your mind and walk out of here with. Redeeming the time. What does it mean to redeem something? The, the official definition is to reclaim or to buy back something. Um, you can go to a pawn shop and you need some money, so you give them something you own and they give you usually about 30 days and if you return within 30 days and repay the loan plus interest, you, you redeem your item. You get it back. In the Old Testament, they had a very interesting concept called the kinsman redeemer. Uh, say I'm, I'm a guy and I'm not married and my brother dies leaving behind a widow. I have the right to be the kinsman redeemer and I can marry my brother's widow and have children to honor him through her. And that's an interesting concept because it carries over into what Christ did in the New Testament. Jesus came to be our kinsman redeemer. The Bible says we were dead through sin. And he came along as the one who would redeem us and restore us to God. Or let's take the pawn shop idea. When we sin, we sell our souls to the devil. <laughs> we say, you can have control of my life. And Jesus came along and said, no, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to reclaim or redeem you from that which is evil and restore you to relationship with our Heavenly Father. So we have been redeemed through Jesus Christ, and as those who have been redeemed, we are called upon to redeem the time in which we live. Now, there's two aspects of that. There's the personal aspect, redeeming my time. 
thinking about how I use my time, similar to what I told you at the beginning, some of those questions that I asked myself. We should all do that as people of faith. How is my time being used in a way that honors the Lord, that glorifies God, that fulfills his plan, his purpose in my life? That's redeeming the time. Making sure every day that I have moved myself forward in my relationship to Christ. Then there is the broader aspect of redeeming the time, redeeming the times in which we live. How can we seek to make a difference in this world? You know, we often ask ourselves, how can one person matter? If the days are evil and the influence of evil is over our world, what can I do about that? Well, I can't change the world. But I can change my little corner of it. I can have an impact on the part of it in which I live. I like what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said. Back in 1954, he made a speech in which he challenged people to be thermostats rather than thermometers. Think about that a minute. To be a thermostat rather than a thermometer. What does a thermometer do? It simply tells you what the temperature is. It reflects what is. Whereas a thermostat, this thing over here, I can punch that arrow a few times. And I could freeze you out. <laughs> I can lower that temperature to the point that you would become uncomfortable. Well, most of you. There are some I can't get it cold enough for you. I realize that. Or I can go the other way and you'd all be sitting here sweating because it's so hot. A thermostat can control temperature. A thermometer simply reflects it. And Dr. Martin Luther King said, you know, as we live our lives, we're one or the other. We're either someone who just reflects the values of our society the way it is and accepts that, or we seek to be thermostats and change the way it is to raise the temperature in this cold-hearted world in which we live. That's the idea Paul had in Romans 12 too. He said, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or I like there's a, there's a translation of the Bible written by J.B. Phillips. It's called the Phillips Translation. And he says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Think about Plato. I used to love to play with Plato when I was a kid. And then as my kids were growing up and my grandkids, I like Plato. You can shape it, you can mold it, it's colorful, you can make all sorts of things, you can let your imagination run. And then somewhere along the line, they came up with this 
wonderful thing called a Play-Doh Fun Factory. You know what that is? Where you, you have this thing that you stick your Play-Doh in, and then you slide this little thing in that has different shapes on it. And then you push down on this handle, and it squeezes your Play-Doh out so that it conforms. If I put a little star, it comes out star-shaped. If I put a circle, it comes out circle-shaped, square, whatever you wanted. And the world is a Play-Doh fun factory. They want us to just be squeezed out to conform to whatever the world says is right. Whatever values it says are right. And as a Christian, we are challenged to refuse to go in the fun factory. To be conformed in a different way, in a different shape, by a different influence, which is Jesus Christ. The question that we need to ask is, are we being influenced or are we seeking to be an influencer of the world in which we live? See, that's redeeming the time. It's saying, I'm going to seek to make a difference. I'm not just, not just going to accept the fact that the days are evil. I'm going to stand in opposition to that, against that. I'm going to try to change where I live with the people that I have some influence around for good. You know, you have a choice. You can sit back and be quiet and let things go. Or you can stand up, speak up, step up, and make a difference. There are two kinds of sin. Did you know that? There's two kinds of sin. There's the sin of commission, which means doing what I shouldn't do, doing the wrong thing. That's what we're mostly familiar with. When the Bible says, thou shalt not, and you do that, that's a sin of commission. But there's also the sin of omission. And a sin of omission is not doing what you should do. You might go through your life and say, as far as I know, I never did a wrong thing. Not once did I ever do something I should not do. But I think God's going to come back and say, but did you do what you should? See, the sin of omission is just as bad as the sin of commission. It's not doing what God calls us to do. And what God calls us to do is to redeem the time because the days are evil. Think of Queen Esther. I like the story of Queen Esther. Some people complain about the book of Esther being in the Bible because the book of Esther does not mention God one time. So why is there a book in the Bible that doesn't mention God? So, well, it may not mention God, but God's very present in it. And it's, it's a powerful story that speaks to us today. Esther was a 
a young Jewish girl who found her way into the palace to be the queen. And she found out that the king's top advisor, Haman, was going to try to annihilate her people, the Jewish people. He hated the Jews. And he had this plot, and he got the king unwittingly to sign off on it. And Esther's uncle Mordecai comes to her and says, you have got to do something about this. Our people are going to die. And you are the only one in any position to influence the king with regard to this. Now, the only problem was they had this rule in Persia that you may not approach the king unless the king invites you. And that even applied to his wife, the queen. Imagine that. If we are home and you start to speak to me and I go, huh? you are not summoned. You are not invited into my presence to speak to me. Yeah, see, these guys are out here going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could. Wouldn't work, would it? No. You'd go sit down at the table and say, what's for dinner? And she'd go, <laughs> you were not invited into my kitchen. <laughs> you were not asked to sit at my table, so go away. See, it would, it would come back to haunt us. But that was the rule in Persia. And Esther knew that, and she said, you know, you are asking me to risk my life because if I just go barging into that throne room and address the king, I could easily be killed. Because remember, the king's advisor is the one who's doing this, and he's standing there beside the king. So he's going to make sure the king remembers the law. So what do you do if you're Esther? The days were evil. And she was being asked to redeem the time by doing what she could do. I like what Mordecai said to her. He said, and who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. That is the question. So how do you know? Even though he doesn't say God, that's what he's implying. How do you know that God did not orchestrate the situation and the circumstances in such a way that you, a Jewish girl, became queen of Persia precisely because he knew Haman was going to do what he is doing and he puts you in a position to do something about it. Just like the story of Joseph. For most of Joseph's life, it was terrible. <laughs> His jealous brothers threw him into a pit then he was sold as a slave, 
and then he was falsely accused of a crime and thrown into prison, and then he languished in prison for at least a couple of years until finally he was recognized by the king, and because of his God-given abilities, the king elevated him to a position where he could have the influence to save his people from starvation when famine came. And Joseph said something similar to Mordecai. He said, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. And back to the story of Esther in the end, she finds her courage. She walks in to the throne room. She stands before the king. And the king extends his rod, his scepter to her as a way of saying, I accept your presence here. And then she is able to have some influence over the king to, to save her people. I don't know what God's got in mind for you to do. How he wants you to redeem the time because the days are evil. But I know he has something. No one is here by accident. Everyone is here on purpose. And who knows? But that God may have put you exactly where you are in the midst of the people in which you are with the ability to do the things that you can do for precisely this time. And it's up to us to ask God to show us what that is. How can I redeem not only my time, but the times in which I live? We can redeem the time by living a life of faithfulness to Jesus Christ. By realizing that even though we are outnumbered, we are never outmatched. By understanding that life is about critical moments, holy moments, teachable moments, and that when we can take hold of those moments by faith, we can make a difference. Redeeming the time is about living each day as if it might be the last day because it could be. Redeeming the time is trusting in God's timing. Knowing that he will be there all the time, every time, in his time. Let us pray. Father, I am so grateful that you've given us the time that we have on this earth and that our time is in your hands. It's not mine. This really isn't my life to live the way I want to live it. It's for me to live according to your will and purpose. And when I do that, I redeem the time. And I can have an impact on this world that is evil. Lord, I pray that you bless each and every one of us to be aware of
of how we use our time. To realize that 130 days of our lifetime is not nearly enough to devote to you. To understand that the best use of our time is always the time that we spend with you and for you doing the things that you've called us to do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Because for someone here this morning, it might be their time to receive Christ as your Savior. I'm going to invite you to come to, to allow me to receive you, to pray with you, to lead you in a simple we call it a confession of faith or a statement of faith that says, I believe in Christ. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. We will plan the time of your baptism. And in that way, you will dedicate the rest of your time to God. I invite you to come as we stand together and sing number 457, Take Time to be holy.